0: Thanks for reading that in those three versions because it just opens it up for us a bit, doesn't it? One of the things that helps open it up, this reading, that we've many of us have heard many times, is that the Greek word that we translate usually as blessed or happy in one of the translations is, is the Greek word makaria. And it's a word designed... To speak about the kingdom of the gods, the best of all possible places, where the best people are—the people who were um, who got it all together—it's a sort of an unattainable place for most of us, unless you're rich and famous uh, or rich and powerful in the in the Roman era. But for the rest of us, it's not—it's it's basically Hollywood. It's that place that we know exists, and I'm sure some of you have actually been to Hollywood, and it doesn't look anything like Hollywood, even though it is a place where, where movies used to be made. And, but it's the place where the rich and the powerful and the good-looking and the thin, and every, that, that, that's where they are, and that's where they belong. And we say, blessed are the rich and the successful, we, we, that's what we want, that's why so many people voted for Donald Trump, not because they liked his policies, which appeared to be somewhat thin on the ground and, and incoherent, but because he was rich and successful. We did the same here with Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, we like people who are successful and, and that's the people that we want to have, Jesus turns this completely on its head. It's not blessed are the rich and successful, blessed are the people who live in the world of the gods, the the Hollywood world of our dreams, but blessed are the poor in spirit. It must have been shocking to the first hearers because they knew what the word meant, and Jesus is completely turning it on its head. It's like saying Coca-Cola, tastes like Fanta. No, it doesn't. It's not the way the world works. We all know how the world works. It doesn't work like this. What are you talking about? Who who possibly are the poor in spirit that Jesus is on about? Well we know who the poor in spirit are. They're the people who know themselves inside in a way that they would like not to see, not for not anyone else to see, their own inadequacies the things that we hide from each other and we think we're hiding them from ourselves. Those who are broken inside, another translation that we didn't use this morning says the poor in spirit are those who are at the end of their rope. Blessed are those who know and own up to all the things they should have done and haven't done and all the things they did that they shouldn't have done This is why confession is so important and the beautiful prayer that Heather read for us this morning. Confession is a big part of the Christian church. It's not because we need to tell God a litany of things we've done wrong and hope that God doesn't punish us too much. It's telling the truth about ourselves, that we dare not tell anyone. That's why the Catholic confessional is a private place where you go in and you speak to a priest who is a representative of everything that God is and not an individual it's because we need to unburden ourselves of the real truth of who we are that sometimes we only see late at night but it's not only the blessed of the poor in spirit of those of us who know how inadequate we are but those of us who think we've got it all together by force of our will we can make our lives what they're supposed to be we think those of us who think that our physical emotional and spiritual strength will be enough Those who think our stuff will make us whole. Those who think our achievements will give us substance and gravitas. Those who think our education will deliver us. Blessed are those of us who think our personality is everything of who we are. Blessed are those of us who have lost the deep connection that we have with all the created order. And I've lost the knowledge that God put into the created order in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, when God said, everything is good. Blessed are those who have lost touch with this completely. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, who's not? Blessed is everyone. Everyone, Jesus is saying. Belongs in the realm of the gods, in the good place, in paradise, in the life the way it should be. Blessed is everyone, everyone on earth. Those of us who know we're poor in spirit, some of the time, and those of us who think we're not, that we can bluff our way through. But it's even more exi- interesting and this, more exciting than this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, not blessed will those. Who act as if they're poor in spirit or who are virtuous. Or blessed are those who have managed to do all the things that this, these nine Beatitudes, these nine blessings tell us. No, it's blessed are they already. Just they are. Just the way the world is. You don't choose to be poor in spirit. This is who we are. We don't choose to mourn, we just do. We don't choose to hunger and thirst for righteousness or for justice. We just do. That's who we are. Blessed is not something that is coming if we're good enough or careful enough or religious enough or pious enough. It's here, now. We already are and always were the poor in spirit. We always are and always were the ones who were blessed. Now, this doesn't sound at all right. I don't even like saying it because I think, well, there's got to be a catch. You know, this is too easy. I've grown up in a moral universe. I've grown up in a moral religion where we're supposed to do nice things, where we're supposed to not drink, swear, dance, go to the movies or wear makeup. I don't wear much makeup anymore. I've I've given... I've given it up and and dancing you don't want to see me dance Um, but the others what was it drinking, smoking, swearing I don't know all the things we weren't supposed to do that's the world that I've grown up in so this all sort of jars a bit surely it can't be just like this surely this can't be true surely when God made everything it can't all have just been good well if you don't think so God says it about five times just in case you didn't get it it just is. Now, doesn't mean you shouldn't live with gratitude. Maybe you should. But whether you do or not is irrelevant. That's what this is saying. It's a bit like if you put a peg on your nose and eat some food, you'll get plenty of nourishment and you won't die, and everything will be fine. But you won't taste it. So maybe. Maybe we ought to not just be poor in spirit, but to acknowledge that we are and to live in the joy of it. Now, whether you do or not is up to you. You'd be better off if you did. I know I am on those odd occasions when I managed to do it. But either way, I'm already the blessed. So why are the poor in spirit blessed? Well, because theirs is the kingdom of God or they belong to the kingdom of heaven. The world of God, the world God made at the very beginning, is present everywhere in us and through us. We are already in the middle of who God is and what God does. And this kingdom appears, according to these blessings, not to be about power and strength. It's not about Rome and its control of the entire world, as it was known at the time. It's not about Putin and his ability to damage the lives of millions. It's not about the AUKUS Treaty. It's not about power. It's a different kind of world. It's founded in the truth of our humanness. It's founded in the weakness of who we are, the ones that we're desperate to conceal. How often do we see a public figure be honest about their own weakness? When we do, it's absolutely mind blowing. Because we don't expect it, it's not supposed to be that way. <clears throat> we don't like to not be in control, but of course the world is completely out of our control. Our future is totally uncertain. We will mourn. You're either mourning now, or you will, because we do. As people we love die on us, relationships we thought were forever evaporate. Friendships that we thought were strong break up and we mourn them. We do experience all of these things. We do experience persecution, as the the Beatitudes say. And these things can express themselves in anxiety and fear that then expresses themselves in anger. And we saw that, didn't we, in Brazil just two weeks ago. When people in great anger stormed the capital and the capital buildings. We saw it during COVID when people were frightened and it exhibited in anger against, well, whoever. Well, it must be the government because they're making these rules and telling us to do certain things. Or against people in the congregation who say you should wear a mask and other people are not wearing them and so we get angry with each other because it's coming out of fear. We exhibit it here in this congregation. We do it everywhere we are. Fear comes out in. Anger, because we don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen here. With the new minister coming, hopefully that we've got two names for the JNC to be talking to, as we heard last week, which is really exciting. And hopefully uh, one of those two people will be the right person for, for, uh, for the corner and they will know themselves to be the right person and it will be good. But even then, that will be complete change. It will be a different person than I've been, a different person than Mark's been, and... It's easy for that uncertainty, which is everywhere, to exhibit itself in getting at each other because somebody must be able to do something to make this not feel like this. Or we just acknowledge the truth of ourselves. We are the poor in spirit. We know ourselves to be that and we know ourselves to be blessed. The image on the wall is one of the... It probably is the most famous icon. Uh, It was made in the 15th century by Andrei Rubilev. And it's normally known as the Trinity for obvious reasons. And it's an extraordinary welcome into the community of God. One of the stories that no one has ever been able to... uh, Ratify for sure, but you see that, and those of you who are listening online, you'll have to go and look it up on the web. It's everywhere. The little triangle, the rectangle, sorry, at the bottom of the table. One of the thoughts is um, that that it seems to be raised. Apparently, if you see the original, it's a bit raised up there. And one of the thoughts is that it was glue that's on there, because what was there in the original, and we can't prove this, but it's been speculated on, was that it was there was a mirror. So that when you approach the Rublev Icon, you saw the three, the three images of God, and there's all kinds of interpretations of what this is. You could read reams of stuff about it. But that on that rectangle is a mirror, and as you approach, you begin to be part of that circle. Which I just find the most extraordinary idea, that as I come forward, there's my face with these three, The circle is complete. We are already drawn in to the life of God. And when we live that way, just the knowledge of it changes everything. We are the poor in spirit. We are the meek, the gentle, the humble, whichever translation you use. Not we should be, yeah, we probably should be sometimes. But we just are deep inside us. That's who we are. That's the heart of who we are. That's who we were when we were infants. That's who we are. We're already that. We're already deep in ourselves, the pure in heart. Deep in who we are is the purity of what we've always been made to be. We are already longing to be in peace and to be makers of peace. We might hide it, but it always comes out. The truth of who we are. We are the poor in spirit, all of us, and we are the blessed.